0: Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Motivate Korean Podcast. My name is Ian, and I'm joined today again by
1: Jeremy. Hey there, everyone. 안녕하십니까? 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 So <laughs> we're talking like uh, like grandpa's here, or like maybe Chosun soldiers or something. <laughs> I don't know where I would where I would have ever heard that. 안녕하십니까? It's like, to me, it reminds me of the people that, like, are at the door when you walk into the mall. They're, like, greeters. Yeah, and they, and they bow. Mm-hmm. I feel so bad for those
0: guys. Like, even here at, um, at E-Mart, 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 it's like a national, kind of like a big box store. It's like a Target, sort of. It's a little bigger, though,
1: I think. Yeah, I always compared it to Target. Yeah, yeah.
0: They have these, you know, young men. Usually it's men. They're, like, security, I guess, or, like, bouncer types. But... They stand at the doorway near the, you know, the like theft scanners. And as you walk in, they bow to every single person. I'm like, my, my dude, like your back yeah. must hurt so bad.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or he's. They must take shifts.
0: Or my, my man's just got yoked. You know what I'm saying? Like he's going to have like sick muscles.
1: A huge from, lower back bow, muscles. Bow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: And you get a deep bow too. We're not talking like a, you know. Yeah. It was a 90 degree bow, like
1: probably. 160 degrees yeah we're going all the way down yeah so it's like please spend much lots of money today please spend lots of money today
0: (laughs) (laughs) so on the topic of bowing here and talking about uh some cultural differences that leads in well good segue (laughs) something i wanted to talk about with you and something i think would be a really cool discussion for us to kind of keep going through this podcast is building a kind of a catalog of the things we have learned while we're learning Korean. Kind of the auxiliary spillover, uh, you know, benefits of learning this language and, and things outside of just linguistic ability that have kind of expanded our personal identities or our understanding of the world around us or even just giving us context for our own culture. So I'll start since I brought this idea up, but... I want to I know what you mm-hmm. think about this, too, because sure. I, I have a feeling the more we talk about this with the more the more we talk about this with more people, uh, we're going to have a lot of people saying, yeah, you know, that kind of thing. So so number one, I have learned to listen more and to not try to, like, hold my own or protect my kind of position when I'm having a conversation.
1: What do you What do you mean by hold your own or per, like? in having a conversation what does that mean
0: so i feel like in english when we have i've i've heard you describe english conversations like playing tennis right mm-hmm. and i think when we have conversations in english you need to constantly kind of show like that you're on an equal footing with other people and maintain that equality with the other person by you know responding with high level language all the time with what they're talking about and kind of matching their their enthusiasm for what you're talking about it's kind of rude in english to not to just be like oh yeah yeah that's crazy you know mm-hmm. it, it, if you don't respond with an interesting answer to things people say people are turned off to you in english i think
1: yeah uh, yeah I, I think that makes a lot of sense i agree the same thing uh sort of happened for me and to to go with the tennis analogy in a previous episode of this podcast, we talked about the, uh, this tennis analogy, I think, but just in case someone didn't hear that one. Uh, what I've thought before is that English feels like playing tennis because there's two people. You need two people to play the game. Without those two people, the game doesn't happen. But in comparison, Korean is sort of like chess in that it's a game, but it's happening in between two people. And both those people can get up and walk away, but you can look at the board, an experienced player can look at the board and be like, oh, wow, this guy's gonna win in three moves, you know? So Korean is is very much in the center. It's uh, It feels like it's in the center, whereas English feels like, you know, we're playing ping pong, so to speak. And we actually do say that, ping, playing ping pong, you know, banter in in that word as well um when we have conversations i mean even, probably even the word "converse," that con meaning include like, like I, I imagine it means to include um anyway i'm explaining this just to kind of back up what what ian was saying there in english it feels like we have to like match everybody and like we have to sort of crowd the net so if, if we if we're talking about tennis english it feels like if you're good at at conversation you will sort of you'll sort of crowd the net and get up close if the other person gets up close so you'll play that faster game that but if that person wants to sit at the back of the court and kind of lob lob them to you then your job as a player is to also sit at the back of the court and lob it back so to sort of match the intensity of the player that you're playing with um i definitely feel that that's the case in english but I don't feel that that's the case in Korean. Yeah, another thing too,
0: um, just a grammatical difference that I think has implications in real life, and maybe I'm reading too much into this, but you know, the important information in a Korean sentence is at the very end. Mm. And in English, I think we often know where a sentence is going about halfway through. Like we know what someone's gonna say because they've already said the verb. I don't blah, 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 blah. Okay, well, I already know what's coming next is, I can refute. Yeah, this is a negative thing. But in Korean, I've got to wait, you know. And I also think, too, like that leads to Korean people, Korean speakers at least, taking pauses between each other's speaking. You know, they wait till someone finishes and they're like, hmm, kronika, right? They take they take time to buffer mm-hmm. their thoughts between, uh, between each other's sentences often. And so it's made me a little bit more patient, I guess, with listening to other people, even in English. I give people their space to speak. And then then it's my turn you know
1: Yeah, I think that's also because you and I probably shared a certain uh, personality trait in growing up. We were big talkers and so no being a big talker, you kind of talk over people sometimes sometimes. And sometimes. And now we're talking on this thing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I also noticed that like I would I noticed that I would just sit and sometimes listen to someone talk for almost an hour straight without saying anything, especially when they're an elder. Mm-hmm. my father-in-law almost daily now, I've been spending a lot of time with him lately, and uh, almost daily, he will tell a story, and sometimes he'll get lost in it, and be like, wow, I've been talking for a while, what do you think, because he just (laughs) gets tired of talking, (laughs) Um, but doing language exchange, and just through lots of interactions also with groups sitting in a group of Korean people they're all having some big conversation laughing talking about stuff and I'm not fully following it but I'm trying to stay active in listening and paying attention and uh, that skill I think is really really helpful you get a lot more control over your your uh, your ear your directional listening You you can pay attention better to a certain thing Absolutely. I'm, I'm a much to. more like, not only like socially
0: in terms of being like an attentive listener, but I feel also just like my ears <laughs> are just more attuned to like really matching with what I'm seeing in someone's mouth moving. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. So, anyway, that's enough on that one. Do you have uh, any
1: kind of like spillover benefits
0: you've learned or things you've learned from Korean?
1: Yeah, actually, I wouldn't even say to. I wouldn't want to call this a spillover. I would say that I think this is uh, one of the core benefits in, and the linguistic is more of a spillover. But I'll explain that first. Uh, Korean culture really emphasizes being humble, and when I first started learning Korean, literally the first sentence I learned was "Hangulmye mm-hmm. soyo." I can speak Korean. That was the first sentence I learned. Later, I learned that that is an absurd thing to say, especially in the beginning, because to say that almost means that you've mastered it. Yeah. <laughs> so I made a massive mistake from the very beginning, uh, culturally, linguistically, we can say. Um, but even now, I speak Korean every day. I feel very comfortable with it. I know that I'm very fluent by the meaning of the word fluent. But if a Korean person says that to me, I still respond, you know, ah, <laughs> You know, I always respond with some sort of humble answer. Yeah. Yeah. And it feels like at first it felt like I was sort of lying in English. Like, but I need to tell the truth. I can speak it. (laughs) Um, But Korean culture really looks down on that. And we, we Western people, when we speak Korean and stuff, we seem very self-absorbed, overly confident, big headed, uh, two Korean people in in their frame of, you know, of a reality. Right. We come in as these big-headed, you know, pushy, uh, arrogant. Yeah. We come in with arrogance, overly prideful. Mm-hmm. I mean, our culture really emphasizes pride, and I didn't realize that until I went to Korea where they emphasize humility and humbleness. And I think that <clears throat> um, I made a, re- a video recently about this on the channel, but... Uh, the seven deadly sins of language learning. And and of the seven deadly sins, the worst one is pride because it leads to all the others in some way or another. So uh, to me, learning Korean, but also learning to be Korean was sort of an antidote to the hyper-prideful culture that we come from. Do you have anything you want to say about that? Yeah,
0: absolutely. I think that the... There's a discussion, too, to be had because I don't want to just sound like we're just ragging on like Western societies because I'm not saying that's what you were doing. But I, uh, I feel like sometimes when people get into these conversations where we talk about learning some foreign thing we've learned, whether it's, you know, a skill or a language or a culture or we're world travelers or whatever, people start saying, oh, it's just so much better than back home. And I don't want Americans to feel like or Canadians or other Western society people to feel like their culture has no merit our culture has no merit oh, i think no, certainly not the pride can be looked at in in two different ways like just like i think when we talk about individualism and collectivism i think there's more to it than just selfish and we you know mm. i think that the some of sometimes the pride that's built into at least americans can be sort of like a sense of responsibility for taking ownership for like your role you know like being able to jump in the driver's seat and be like okay I can do this I'm gonna drive don't worry guys so sometimes it's a nice quality but it definitely is something that seems to not be super present in like that that aspect of pride doesn't seem to be present in Korean culture the way that I've experienced it I don't see a lot of that's kind of the negative side of being humble too right yeah. a lot of people don't feel comfortable stepping up like i got it
1: yeah and i i didn't mean to say that one is necessarily better than the other yeah we're not trying to say that anymore. personally <laughs> coming from one and then adopting the other it was sort of a, a balancing what I alkalizing i don't know if that, why that word jumps to mind but mm. it sort of balances the the ph let's say so right. alkaline water is water that is Uh, alkaline is the opposite of acidic so if some water is too acidic it can be it can have negative effects on whatever it touches and alkalizing it meaning bringing it back toward equilibrium so it it felt a bit more like that for me um but of course korea has its downsides and the 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 over humility and sometimes fake humility too is uh has its own downsides but
0: And I think that's one reason why we we notice this and really like it as learners and as, you know, explorers of of the world here. The the fact that from our perspective, as originally very prideful Western people now having been kind of not forced, but having been having this requirement living in Korean society of being actively humble like Jeremy said, helps us find this equilibrium between the two where now we can kind of see, like we have that second eye, like Jeremy has said, to see, have some depth perception of, okay, well, here's how I can make people feel better around me and how I can like play more roles in my social relationships because I've seen how other societies interact with each other in a totally different way. And it's, it's just really cool. I think it's really expanded my personality. It's really made me like a
1: more complex person. Do you feel that way? Yeah, I think that kind of leads into another thing that I would say is a benefit from having learned Korean, and that is being much more understanding of cultures I know nothing about. Because now that I've experienced another one, then when I see someone from some country I've never even heard of, but or Mm -hmm. maybe more so someone from a culture that I have heard of, but I know nothing about, uh, I'm much more understanding in the sense that I know that there's a big backstory, and like, oh, just like in Korea, they have this. Oh, in this one, they have that. Ah, okay, I see. That's how it is. And, but before, I think when I was a monolingual English speaker and thinker, uh, I kind of saw all of those things in terms of American culture, in terms of English speaking culture. I didn't know what was specifically american until i went outside of america and then looked back on it Mm -hmm. and and then after having gotten deep into korean culture then i can i feel i can look at other cultures with a bit more uh open eyes and less less of a filter if that makes sense
0: absolutely uh it also like like you yeah you said you know how different things can be right And so it helps us analyze or kind of accept the new cultures because we know what to ask about. We know like how how many things can be different.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's it's kind of lowered my assumptions about other groups in a way. I don't I don't want to say like I had like prejudices or anything, but I don't assume that anything is similar in terms of my understanding of humans or society when I meet a new person. I'm totally open to what they gotta say, and I'm listening,
1: you know? Yeah, actually, now that you say that, after having learned Korean for a while, then I went into learning Spanish, I was astounded at how similar it was. I was like, oh my gosh, you guys have the same jokes. Oh, (laughs) you have the same (laughs) idioms. You have the same exact expression for that thing. What, wow. And I was astounded. Had I gone the other way, and maybe learned, you know, a few, European languages and then started learning Korean, I can imagine having been very frustrated because of how incredibly different it is. And that's kind of what
0: happened to me. Like I had the opposite journey of you. So I also mm-hmm. learned a romance language first. I learned French first as my first foreign language. And then, you know, I spent a little time with Mandarin Chinese in college, but really my next like big journey was Korean. And I was so mad because I <laughs> like I yeah. just absorbed French like a sponge Like a dry sponge in a pool. I was just like, you know? I speak French now. Yeah. And I because I could just kind of speak English in French for the most part. But Mm -hmm. so with with how different things were in Korean, I was like, why do I have to learn everything again? You know? So (laughs) I feel you there. And I noticed a lot of Europeans too struggle with Korean. And I'm wondering if that's why. Yeah. Like they because a lot of people in Europe speak a few languages. And so you end up with they're like, "Well, I did this a bunch of times. I should be able to do Korean too." Yeah, homie, it's not the same. It's different.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I met someone in Korea, and I was, and he spoke Spanish much better than me at the time. He was American, but he had spent time in Mexico and spent and spoke Spanish pretty well. And then he was going about learning Korean, and he was just so mad so frustrated all the time <laughs> i mean i felt i felt some frustration in the beginning too like almost like who made this grammar who did this <laughs> you know like almost like i wanted to blame someone but that was just kind of silly silly anger getting in the way of what what was the the reality at the time which was that it required way more time and better study methods mm-hmm. and an extreme amount of input and that's why I ended up discovering uh, repetitive listening on my own. And right. it, it made all the difference for me. And something cool, too, that I... Uh,
0: something cool that like we can, we can kind of end this on. One thing I learned while learning Korean is that the story of English as a language and the story of Korean as a language is quite similar in a lot of ways. Hmm. Uh, it's a language that was has been spoken by a smaller group of people that has been under cultural, economic, military, uh, you know, like population pressure by larger powers around it. You know, English spent the English people speaking English, you know, spent hundreds of years under French rule, which changed the language significantly, which is why our language has so much in common with French and Spanish when it comes to vocabulary. Like Mm. so many words, you're like, oh, that's kind of like English. It's because it's borrowed. Mm. And just just like in the same way, Korean has somewhere between 60 and 80 percent, although I've seen that disputed, but feels that way at least. Between 60 and 80 percent of the vocabulary in Korean are words that come from Chinese because they were written using Chinese characters before there was a before there was Hangul, the Korean, you know, alphabet. Mm -hmm. Um, So, the story is really interesting and there's it it makes me wonder if maybe that's why they're so different is because they had the same struggles and they kind of answered them in different ways and went on different paths (laughs) i know Mm -hmm. that's getting kind of like meta analysis there but just these are the kinds of things that i started thinking about after learning something so different from the universe that that i understood for my whole life until i started learning korean
1: yeah when it really feels like we can kind of feel languages now like i can kind of like oh it's kind of like this like oh english grew from that into this into mm-hmm. that and you can gain an appreciation for the whole thing you know you can rather than just looking at the leaves of the tree or the fruit you can kind of understand oh wow this is one big system pulling water up from the ground all the way out through the top wow yeah um, <laughs> you know you can see the whole picture so yeah definitely i recommend it whoever's listening Yeah. I recommend you learn Korean.
0: (laughs) I don't we're not trying to say that learning Korean is going to give you superpowers or like, you know, (laughs) increase your metabolism or make you able to photosynthesize or anything. But what we are saying is that in order to if you stick with it and by sticking with it, get to a, a higher level of learning the language, there are so many things that you will unconsciously pick up along the way and so many changes to your personality that will happen by expanding your dictionary and your, your personal context for yourself that you're going to change by doing something this big. I think it's similar with people who get really into exercise, people who really get into yoga, people who really get into like anything. When you really pour yourself into something, you're going to expand who you are into something much different and much, I don't want to say bigger but much wider,
1: you know? Yeah. It's awesome. Expand, everyone. <laughs> Expand. That's what it's about. Expansion.
0: So speaking of uh, the um, similar stories between English and Korean, when we talked about some of the vocabulary that exists, uh, Jeremy, do you want to mention uh, your Hantao <laughs> course?
1: Yeah, I have a course, uh, motivatekorean.com slash Korean courses. I have a course that uh, is all about how to improve your Korean vocabulary with Hunta o And hunta o is different from Hunta in that Hunta is the Chinese root character and hunta o is its spelling in Korean. So I don't use any Chinese characters at all in it. You don't have to learn any of them but uh, you can learn how to use those to Learn vocabulary better and encode it in your brain rather than study it and through rote repetition.
0: And this is really similar to If you remember in school, uh, if you're American, and probably if you're you know English or Australian too, we spend some time learning Greek and Latin roots in school. Mm-hmm. And these are all these aren't learning Greek or Latin. It's increasing our English vocabulary. Things like predestination or underprepared or you know,
1: incompetent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe I'm projecting here by saying those words, but <laughs> <laughs> actually I use that example too in the course, but I actually feel like it's way better in Korean. It's way more like they're, they're much more like building blocks that function always the same way. Perhaps it's the syllableization of Korean, but, uh, yeah, I find that it's a lot easier to see these and see how they work. Um, so if anyone wants to check it out, they can check it out on the website. There are some videos uh, available for free preview, so you can check them out. Um, but yeah. Great. So uh, whether you're
0: a uh, Korean person listening to this learning English, or you're an English speaker uh, learning Korean, or you're uh, a Martian learning about humans, hopefully this was helpful to you uh to kind of think about the other parts of the journey that aren't just, you know, learning how to talk about the past tense. So if you want to get in contact with us, uh, please send us an email. Any feedback you've got is great. Any questions you've got are welcome. Uh, Go ahead and hit us up at podcast at motivatekorean.com. Like Jeremy said, you can go to motivatekorean.com slash courses to find some uh, classes that we've got prepared to kind of help you along your journey some some guidebooks if you will Um, you can also find us on instagram at motivate korean and uh, on youtube as well of course motivate korean you know our name so if you have the time please leave us a review on apple podcasts or whatever podcast app you're using because that helps us a lot uh, with promoting the podcast and, and growing our growing our community thanks for listening and we'll see you next time everyone bye